This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 141. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I am the book doula and I help people painlessly give birth to books. And I also help people read and digest all the wonderful actionable nuggets that are in these amazing I always say the books are like little packages of wisdom and the authors put so much love, attention and energy and knowledge and expertise and wisdom into these packages of joy. And that's what this whole podcast and YouTube channel and everything is about. I am book obsessed. I believe books change lives. And that's why I help people write, publish and read books. And that is what this whole thing is all about. But I always say, if something sparks your interest to support the author and purchase the book because let's face it, supporting them is crucial because they put so much love, attention, and energy into these books. So let's jump in. Today, I am highlighting such a good book. It's called The Gifts of Imperfection. Let go of who you think you are supposed to be and embrace who you are. It is by Brene Brown. Now, Brene Brown is a leading professor in the area of the research on shame and its effect on the human mind. So her work has been featured in so much media all over the world. And she just is incredible. And she helps us in so many ways. So the gifts of imperfection offer a really good, engaging way to walk through these principles that she came up with to help us to feel more fulfilled, to really Um, help us with our courage and help us to feel a sense of compassion towards others as well as ourselves. And this book is so good on so many levels because she gives us actionable advice that we can use and it can help so many people. Now, I don't know about you, but do you sometimes put pressure on yourself to be perfect? And I know often when I'm helping someone write a book, especially, is they feel like it needs to be perfect. But I always say, it's like, you know what? Done is better than perfect, right? And so we're going for C C plus work here. And, and then we can clean it up and make it A plus work by the end. But the idea is, is sometimes this perfectionism holds people back. I know it does for me. It's like, I made a rule when I recorded these podcasts and when I recorded these um, YouTubes and things like that, I cannot watch them back. If I watch them back, I'm like, oh, my hair didn't look good. Or, you know, I said that funny or I didn't sound good there. Or I could have said that differently. It's amazing how then I probably would not put these out to the world. And so my mission, and I made an agreement with myself in the very beginning of all these podcasts and is just to get them out, is to not look back. It does not need to be perfect. It's going to touch someone in some ways. You can take what you love, leave what you don't. And so this is the whole concept, right? Is that we can become... Um, paralyzed from perfectionism. There's actually gifts in imperfection. So we're going to jump right into her book. This book, Alta 
helps us on so many levels. So some of the key insights is that this idea of we want to be authentic. We want to be real. If we're perfect all the time, then this idea is, is that we're not authentic. Cause if you're, I don't know about you, but I'm not a robot. <laughs> right. And so this idea is we are human. And so we like to live our life. That's true to who we are. And so we want to be as authentic as possible. And so the idea here is what she talks about is that it doesn't feel good when someone's inauthentic or if someone is portraying themselves to be so perfect, it's just, it's not living honestly. So authenticity isn't a quality that you either have or you don't. It's a choice. It's a choice to be authentic. It's a choice to reflect of how you want to live. And so it's this decision to be honest and to embrace our vulnerabilities and to not care so much about what other people think. Now, that is so easier said than done, isn't it? And so because it's a choice, we can have, we have the options to be authentic. You know, on some days we're going to be more authentic than others. But this idea is, is that, you know what, showing up authentic uh, with authenticity is so important. It's a practice of compassion. It's a practice of courage to be vulnerable. So when you're showing up authentic, you're like admitting, yeah, I don't look so good today. And like, and I purposely came on today with no makeup. And I just, you know, I just, I'm being authentic today. I just like, you know what, I got to get this podcast out. Let's hit record and boom. Right. So if this took a little bit of courage, right? To be vulnerable in the face of potential criticism and what people might think of me. So you need this courage, right? To speak your mind, to allow yourself to be vulnerable in front of others, right? So it look at it like a practice. And that's what she teaches us within her book is um, we're trying hard to think of it as a practice and um, knowing that we're all going to fail and we're all going to no, like experience failure. So whether there are people around you, they're going to have failure, whether there's, you know, so this idea is, is that recognizing that we're not perfect and that, um, sometimes we are going to fail and sometimes we're going to have the pain of failure, right? Because it, it isn't easy. And so being honest about your hopes makes it possible for you to find support where you need it. Being honest and authentic about who you want to show up um, as is really, really important, right? And this idea that we're not going to be perfect. And so we need to exercise compassion and allow us to recognize, you know what, we're not alone in this, right? Not everyone struggles at some point, right? Uh, everyone around you struggles with the exact same issue of how do we show up? So compassion is so important. She talks about this in her book that um, this idea is, is that we want to relate to others struggles and relate to other people's vulnerabilities and recognize that we have, we also have those struggles and vulnerabilities. Nobody's perfect, right? And so that's one of the main key concepts in her book. And that sometimes fear of shame hides us behind perfectionism. So I'm curious, are you a perfectionist, right? If you are, you basically consider that you want to appear perfect to others or you want things to be perfect. And so perfectionism, it, you know, it sounds like it's a positive thing and that it's, it sounds like we might want to pursue it. We'd love to be perfect, right? But there is a difference between st striving to be your best and 
striving to be absolutely perfect. And so this idea of perfectionism sets us up for failure. It sets us up for, you know, shame and blame and judgment. And this really is not healthy, right? And so perfectionism is that belief. If we look perfect and we live and act perfectly, then we'll be able to shield ourselves from criticism, from judgment, from blame. So if we show up as perfect as we're as possible, then we might be shielding ourselves from people judging us, from people saying, oh, her hair does not look good or, oh, wow, she's gaining weight. So this drive for perfectionism really, really makes us think that was shielding us from and protecting us against shame. So, but life as a perfectionist is emotionally unhealthy is what she says in her book and that it really makes us um, question our own self-worth and makes our own self-worth and evaluation dependent on the approval and the acceptance of others. So perfectionism is unhealthy, right? And is self-destructive and it puts so much pressure on us. So perfectionism is not necessarily something that we can ever even achieve. So it's an illusion. So this idea, this perfectionist mindset, it, it really creates traps. And she talks about how it's actually, it, it puts so much pressure on us. That's the bottom line. So it, it creates paralysis is what she says in her book. And that it really, it's the inability to put ourselves out into the world because we fear imperfection. So it holds us back. So we're suffering from life paralysis because we're striving for this illusion of perfection. And so luckily, though we can avoid the constraints of perfectionism, by simply being honest, being authentic, being honest about our fears of shame and reminding ourselves to do things for ourselves rather than for other people. So I'm going to say that again, reminding us to do things for ourselves. What is it that you want? How do you want to show up rather than for other people? And so the next time you want to, you know, get fit, for example, don't let the other people's opinions motivate you. Other people's opinions of your body motivate you to get fit. Do it for yourself because you feel good, because you like how you feel. You feel proud when you're in a bikini or whatever it is. Do it for yourself because you feel good. You have more energy, right? Instead of putting the ownership on someone else's, right? The reason you're getting fit is because you want to look good for other people. You're motivated by other people's opinions of your body. Oh my gosh, it seems crazy, right? So the other concept that she talked about in her book is this uh, idea of cultivating purpose and perspective so that you can be resilient in the face of adversity. So this idea of um, cultivating purpose. So many of us try to lose weight, but instead we give up at the first sign of trouble, right? So when we lack resi the resilience necessary to help us achieve our goals, then it can hold us back, right? We can change this tendency. So what she says in her book, start by looking at where resilience originates. So she talks about resilience come from practicing hope. Um, she talks about how resilience comes from this idea of hope and that it allows us to like a hope for a better future for ourselves. And that it's this cognitive process that about being able to learn and to practice and be hopeful for a better future for ourselves. So it's basically comes from telling yourself like where you want to go, right? Recognizing how you're going to get there and then telling yourself that you have what it takes to succeed. That's what resilience 
experiences. And so that you make this idea, this, this, this vision for yourself and then moving towards it. Right. And so this hope really does help us to become resilient and helps us to keep going. It recognizes where we want to go. It recognizes how we're going to get there. And then telling ourselves that we've got what it takes. We can do this. Right. And so instead of like searching for this high end goal or these daunting challenges, um, it's really about resting with your life and recognizing that, you know, building these habits, building this resilience to help build it into yourself. So resilience is about developing this idea of growth and of, you know, keep recognizing that, you know what, you see your imperfections, but you see it as an opportunity for learning and you see it as an opportunity to help yourself through struggle. And that struggle is part of the process towards your goals and towards the person you want to be. Right. So this is huge, right? You might even think about, you know, um, recognizing are your goals fantasy? Are your goals like based in perfection who are your goals for and you know and so the idea is is changing that and answering the questions about more um not being critical of yourself and recognizing that hmm are these social expectations um or are they something i really want authentically for myself and uh i think that's such a beautiful message right she also talks about being grateful for ordinary moments in your life. She talks about to get better at decision-making, to let go of the need for certainty and trust your intuition. And that we're instead of looking outside of ourselves, turn inward and trust your own intuition. She talks about embracing your own creative potential um, and, and get rid of social comparison. So getting rid of that need to compare. Now let's talk about that. So comparing ourselves to others is natural, right? And sometimes we do it on a regular basis, especially with social media, you know, and scrolling through like Instagram, for example, we, we're comparing. So what we want to do instead is embrace our own creative potential, embrace our own greatness and, and not necessarily feel like we need to compare ourselves to other people and um, not looking at how we measure ourselves against our peers. So comparison, um, it's it can help us in many ways in terms of motivation, but it can also hold us back and make us feel really bad. And so the idea here is that we... We want to not necessarily compare ourselves to other people who have mansions or better bodies and this and that. And I always say, and I always say that it's a really wonderful idea. I hope this is what I do is I compare for inspiration. So if I have this inkling of like, Hmm, that looks really awesome. I wish I had that. And it's like, Oh, instead of feeling bad that I'm not in the same place or bad that I don't have it and, and, and kind of shame myself around that idea. What I do is I think mm, more of that for me, please. And like looking into that person as inspiration, it's like, actually, you know what? I'm probably feeling that inkling of, you know, jealousy because, or envy, because I want more of that for me too, please. And so if you can do that, that's really great because this idea of is, is comparing, stopping social comparison that makes you feel shame for you not measuring up to where you, you wish you were. And so 
what we want to do instead is get rid of this idea of arbitrary comparison and start embracing our own individuality. And it's such a great tip in our book. Um, so when we focus on our own unique gifts, our strengths, it reminds us that everybody is individual. Everybody, like the whole world consists of individuals and each of them all have unique and a wonderful different strengths and contributions to the world, right? So her message is to just let your individuality shine. And instead of comparing ourselves to other people and then shaming ourselves for not being measuring up, it's a different approach. It's really about this idea of cultivating your own creativity, right? So that is it. Like it's looking mostly into who it is that you are and don't get hung up on whether, you know, you're, you're rich enough, you know, blah, 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 enough, creative enough, all these things. It's like, just get out there and, and do your own thing, embrace your individuality. And I really do love that message in her book. I think it's so, so powerful because it's so easy to compare, right? So compare for inspiration and then and really tap into your own individuality and authenticity, right? So she talks all about also uh, well-being and play and rest, and they're just as important as work. So sometimes um, we, we, get really bogged down by work and this idea of perfectionism and productivity and we, sh you know, all this stuff, we're slave driving ourselves. But what she mentions in her book is that this idea of playing and resting and your well-being are just as important. In fact, you'll show up better when you have checked in, when you have, you know, um, rest it when you have, I don't know about you, when you feel depleted and you're tired and you haven't played in a while or gone out with your friends, um, then it really can hold you back. And by the way, this reminds me, I have a book coming out with a beautiful co-author. It's called The Power of Play, Optimize Your Joy Potential. And you're going to hear all about it because we're going to come on this um, podcast as well and talk about our book. But it shows you the power of play and how it helps us reset. It helps us on so many levels for our well-being and science has confirmed that that the the opposite of play is not work is depression and and basically play is so essential for our well-being right so work and play are they're not polar opposite we need both of them we need them to help us in terms of being creative in terms of helping us um, foster excitement in our life and show up in a in a bigger way so sometimes this perfectionism and this drive to just work 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 um, it, we need to really, really balance it through play and our well-being, right? So some, the rest is so important, right? It goes a long way, right? So you can push yourself really into exhaustion and you can work, 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 but your well-being will inevitably suffer. So paying attention to your body and its needs and really, really checking into that. And that is such a great message that she has in her book. She also talk, uh, talks about learning to manage things like anxiety and, and, and manage them instead of thinking that we have to get rid of it. And so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect. And so we want to just ease into this idea of, okay, so we, maybe we have anxious feelings at times. Maybe we have stress filled lives and it can bring about a lot of anxiety, this idea of perfection also. So this nervousness and restlessness 
that comes with anxiety can actually be paralyzing. So what we want to do is recognize that we're not trying to get rid of anxiety. We want to rag and have shame around it. We want to recognize that, okay, how can we work with it? Right? So sometimes we feel like we're, you know, pulled in all these directions. We've got upcoming deadlines. We've got work and all these things. We've got to pick up the kids and take them here and there and everywhere and or finish writing that book and all these things is that it's so hard, right? We're constantly reminded of everything that we need to take care of. And so anxiety can become really present and a present aspect in our lives. So dealing with anxiety instead of trying to get rid of it is probably a better approach. So this idea is, is that they recognize that it's there and then also noticing that you're feeling just like honoring that, okay, I feel anxious. And then she suggests that we approach our anxiety with a broader perspective, like, okay, I need to start breathing slowly. I need to focus on the moments that I'm in, right? Rather than the unknowable stressful future. And just um, recognizing that you can calm yourself down and working with your anxiety instead of shaming yourself around it, instead of um, trying to get rid of it, right? It's telling you something. It's there for a reason. So taking the time to acknowledge your anxiety, right? Its source, where it's coming from, you know, what's its importance, what's its message, and that actually this anxiety can help transform us into something more manageable. It can help transform us in the direction that we're going in on the actions that we take, right? So instead of having that anxiety define you, look at it as a, a something that you can manage, that you can look at and see as support for yourself and, and a message, right? Um, so another message in her book that I really love is this identity of your own gifts, really noticing what your superpowers are, right? Um, your parents probably you know, supported you and encouraged you in many ways and noticed your special talents. Um, and sometimes we just ignore them. We ignore this, but we all have unique gifts. We're all like snowflakes. And so this idea of is, is to really embrace them it, rather than ignoring them or, you know, thinking that they're not part of us or thinking, well, I'm not perfect at that, or I'll never be a musician or whatever it is. These gifts are basically gifts. They are what we need to focus on because they, they are uniqueness about us. And this is a message. And if we can incorporate them into our lives, even a little bit, it's going to make our lives feel more meaningful. It's going to help us, right? So don't be af afraid to pursue all these fun hobbies or pick up those things that, you know, you used to love when you were little. And the truth is that you can, you know, you can, do things in your life that really tap into your strengths. And that's her message in her book, right? Is that take your talents into your everyday life and see if you can weave them into your career even. And, you know, that's like having your cake and eating it too, right? So just because your passion isn't necessarily what you spend most of your time doing doesn't mean that it's any less important or part of your identity. So she really does encourage to really tap into your, your, your uniqueness and identify your own gifts and your own talents, and then share them with the world, bring them out into the world. 
and and don't be held back by perfection like don't be afraid of judgment and and just to bring those uniqueness to the world so many great messages in this book right and one of my one of my favorite messages is don't be afraid to be uncool and i love the way she put it in her book and she talks all about this idea of like where 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 we have this like persona especially with social media like the pressure to present yourself as cool and like put together all the time. And this idea of is, is it isolates you from others. People can relate more to someone who is showing up authentically as themselves, like, you know, pimples and all. And um, this idea is, is that we want to recognize that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be quote unquote cool, right? And so she suggests in her book is to not be afraid to be uncool, right? That this is a wonderful way to connect to others with our uncoolness, right? Because there's other people like that out there too. So she suggests to laugh and sing and dance and engage uh, in activities and just, you know, connect with others on a human level because it's really important, right? Admit that we're awkward and that we make mistakes and that we experience, we can laugh at ourselves and, you know, not take things too seriously, right? And so just the idea is, is that we don't have to, you know, tone things down, be who you are, right? And she talks about this whole vulnerability, even to dance and sing and have full body vulnerability, right? And, and, and know that there, there is risk involved, but at the same token, it's okay to be uncool. It's part of the opportunity to cultivate connection with others. It's part of the opportunity to just be yourself, right? And so instead of having this facade of coolness or this facade, she suggests that we put down that facade, that we express ourselves genuinely, and that it will really help us connect with others as well. And this by it's almost like throwing caution to the wind and allowing yourself to wholeheartedly enjoy the activities like laughter and fun and dance and without any reservation, and that you don't need to worry about the criticism of others and that you'll gain actually the opportunities of genuine connection. So it actually is the opposite. When you're more yourself, you're more able to connect with other people. When you're all perfect, it's there's there's less of a connection there. So her key main message is that living happier, more fulfilling life is easier to accomplish then it's easier than we think. And that it really is about practicing, practicing the gifts of imperfection, of not being perfect, right? It boils down to cultivating this courage, right? This courage, this courage to be vulnerable, to show up authentic, authentically, to uh, approach others in a way, right? And be okay with not being perfect and expressing that vulnerability, right? From a place of compassion, being compassionate to others, and then also, hopefully that compassion comes back to you, right? So no matter what, take some time to just do something that you love, to show up as you and to recognize that you're not always going to show up perfect and that's okay. There's no shame in it. No shame in being you. And so I really loved this book. I got so much out of it. It has so many great um 
messages about embracing one's vulnerability. It's about the gifts of imperfection. They're necessary for real engagement and social connection and for growth. And so she really does teach us about this, you know, the reason we held back is this idea of shame or embarrassment or shame that we're not going to be perfect. And we can embrace our vulnerabilities and we can aim to really help connect to others. And so that's it. That is the book. It's unbelievable. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. The Gifts of Imperfection. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. I hope you got a lot out of that, everybody, and really engage in your life. You know, show up wholeheartedly, tap into your courage and connect with others and have compassion towards yourself and others. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful day. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreaseidel.com where I help people read, write, and publish books. I believe books change lives. So whose life will you touch with your book? If you've been thinking about writing a book or you know, you've know you lacked the time, maybe the focus and the know-how to get it done, or you've been wanting to publish your own work, well, look no further. Spend no more time wasting trying to figure it all out because I I'm your girl. I am a book doula. I actually help people painlessly give birth to their books through book birthing. So let's turn that dream into achievement through birthing your own book because books change lives. So head on over to my website to find out more about that as well. Be sure to subscribe here so that you get the latest episode. And of course, share this with your friends, write a review because it really helps grow the show. And finally, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm just so grateful that I get to show up and read all these books and share the learning experience with you. So until next week, I'm sending hugs.